the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. This is the fifth part in our series on our church's vision, this week focusing on the authority of God's word. The main reading is 1 Peter chapter 1. Amen. Well, I just want to... uh... I didn't say this last week, I just want to throw this in from last week and then we come to what we're doing this week. Um, we talked about relationships last week, didn't we? First, obviously, with the Lord mm-hmm. and then with one another, fellowship. It's one of the great uh, indicators and markers. We are the, we the God children. And uh, just this particular this statement, this uh, phrase, one another, one another. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's good sometimes when we're going to talk about the word tonight to do studies on different things. And uh, they said, uh, doing a study on one another, and the word says, the Bible says, be devoted to one another, honour one another, live in harmony with one another, accept one another, serve one another, be kind and compassionate to one another, admonish one another, encourage one another, spur one another on to love and good deeds, offer hospitality one to another, love one another. So I'm just through a couple of just to say uh, one another. It's all about uh, relationship, isn't it? But uh, our third um, letter of our acrostic is A. Prayer, first we're learning the spell of it. Authority, authority of the Word of God, the Bible, um, as our only manual for life and our only source of truth, which we are committed to the preaching, the expositing, exposition, should I say, and the studying of. Mm -hmm. And um, the Word of God, again, we are um, so often uh, limited and and put on. Listen to some of these statements by some amazing men and women of history. George Washington said it's impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. God. Queen Victoria, uh, when um, I think she was, she was talking to a particular Indian and uh, she said, um, uh, this is the secret. She gave him a Bible. This is the secret yeah. to the, uh, the, the, you know, our empire. Wonderful. Uh, Queen Victoria. Abraham Lincoln said, I believe the Bible is the best that God has ever given to man, all the good from the saviour of the world is communicated to us in this book. William Gladstone, one of our great prime ministers many years ago, said, I've known 95 of the world's great men in my time, and of these, 87 were followers of the Bible. The Bible is stamped with a speciality of origin, an immeasurable distance separates from all competitors. Napoleon said, the Bible is no mere book, but a living creature with a power that conquers all that oppose it. Uh, Isaac Newton, there are more sure marks of authenticity in the Bible than in any profane history. Charles Dickens said, the New Testament is the very best book that was ever or will ever be known in the world. Um, uh, I'll find a quote from, um, if I can find it, a a quote that's really um, amazing quote, but a sad quote as well. Oh, here it is. Mahatma Gandhi uh, said, you Christians look after a document containing enough dynamite to blow all civilization to pieces, turn the world upside down and bring peace to a battle-torn planet, but you treat it though it is nothing more than a piece of literature. And that's coming from Gandhi. Amazing insight, great insight um, from these um, men that we, you know, we put on pedestals from history but they could see. This is no ordinary book. This is no ordinary book. Of course, we know, we've looked at it before, uh, written over 1,500 years by 40 authors, 66 books. Um, It has been uh, banned. It has been burned. And it's been belittled. The great, great, two greatest uh, 
empires, two greatest empires in the world the world's ever known, the Roman Empire and the Communist Empire, have tried to destroy it. Yeah. Three, 303 AD, uh, uh, Diocletian, and that's why we can't, we've, we've got thousands of documents and, and old manuscripts of the Bible, but not many before 300 AD, because if 303 AD, Diocletian said, right, we're going to stamp this out. Yeah. And I want every bit of manuscript we've got destroyed. And he did a pretty good job of trying to destroy. So, uh, not, so that's what he did. Communists, well, we know what they did. They destroyed, burnt. Um, I was just reading about Ceausescu. Remember Ceausescu? A long time ago in Romania. Um, uh, and he, they had a shipment of Bibles sent into Romania, and uh, he thought he was clever, and they pulped it up, changed, turned it into toilet roll, and sent it back and sold it back to us in the West. Um, but he thinks he, they, people think, they, and uh, they, 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 they lift their nose up to God, but God laughs, doesn't he? Yeah, laughs. Yeah. It wasn't that long after the Ceausescu. His people said, we've had enough of him. Having mm -hmm. uh, our heating on one hour a night and uh, living in poverty, and uh, the people rose up, and that was the end of Ceausescu. You know, we, we, the word of God is, is, is awesome, mighty, and uh, God's word, so we're going to look at God's word, the authority of God's word, and that's why every year, or most every year, I try to buy stuff uh, at the beginning of the year just to encourage people to get into God's word, reading through the Bible in a year, or those little booklets from Sarah uh, News. You know why? Because it's, it's, it's not important, it's vital, isn't it? Absolutely vital. So the word of the Lord, first of all, understand is eternal. It's eternal. It's not temporal. That's why kingdoms come and go. Rome has come and gone. You go to Rome, that would see the remnants are there. You know, at one, when they were trampling through the world. Communism, well, still, still, a, and undercurrents, isn't it? Putin still wants to be, you know, what do they say, you can take someone out of the KGB, you can't take the KGB out of somebody. And, uh, you know, that, of course, Russia will rise again one day and come down into Israel, but um, communism per se, the, the Lord is working. He never thought anyone was saved in China. They went in and now we think probably a minimum of 100 million. Although that's, you know, not quite 10%, but still a vast amount of people, isn't it? Who, who, who love the Lord and, 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 and they were they trampled in, in the Boxer Rebellion and they were killed in thousands. Um, Psalm 119, verse 89. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Yes. Forever, O oh Lord, your word yeah. is settled in heaven. Matthew 24, 30, 32, 35. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. It is eternal. Uh, Isaiah 40, 7 and 8. The grass withers and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. Word of the Lord stands forever. And of course, when we talk, go back and talk about the um, the uh, the Word of God being burned and banned. Mm -hmm. Of course, our problem today, probably in the Western world, is complacency, familiarity, and mm -hmm. the belittling of God's Word, isn't it? We have belittled God's Word. 
creation, don't talk so rubbish. Yeah. Us, yeah. We belittle it. Of course, if we, or if, we attack, if we undermine Genesis, we didn't trouble right through. Yeah. We undermine all, all that God instituted in, in, uh, with, where we see the origin of sin and of redemption and of family and the, you know, male and female, all that kind of thing. Uh, sanctity of life, all found in, in Genesis. As soon as we undermine that, mm. we're in trouble. Yeah. And of course, now we belittle God's word. And of course, mm. our, our problem, Sadly, in the church is complacency and familiarity. Mm-hmm. How many Bibles have we got in our house? Mm-hmm. Unbelievable, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Maybe dozens, some of us. You know, we've kept, I don't like throwing old, old Bibles out. You know, that I, I've gone worn them down thin. I don't like throwing them out, but I, mm-hmm. so I've got a few of them on, on the, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, God's Word. Absolutely. And when we look back and when we look at, at some of those, I was just reading, uh, uh, just before the Second World War, uh, a man had gone into uh, Poland and in one particular uh, village, and he'd left one Bible there, and uh, they would they would pass it round, pass it round, and uh, so he, he came back just a few. I don't know if it's after the Second World or mid, mid through, probably after, and uh, he said, um, "Oh yeah, are we doing yes?" And he said, "Would anyone like to give it, you know, recite a, a bit of scripture?" He said, "What do you mean? Well, a couple of verses, or chapters?" And, and, and one guy had learned all the Psalms, one chap had learned all Matthew, one chap had learned all Mark and Luke. Why? Because there was a hunger and because there was a lack of, of the word. And yeah, we know all the stories about um, Mary Jones, don't we? Um, just up there, we, I think our dad went to the, they've got a little Bible site he's done in the church in Bala now. They've got a, a, um, uh, a place where you can go and see where she, she, she loved, she wanted God's word, but it was, she was Welsh speaking. It wasn't God's word, so she saved up for six years. 15 years of age, God give us those. <coughs> Walked 25 miles to a minister who knew had the Bible, and he said, well, I really am going, he said, because I promised this one to someone else, but he, he did give it there. And uh, that was the start of the uh, Bible study. Hunger, why? Because when we understand, Gandhi said, you are in your hand, you have something that is awesome and powerful uh, that can change. So that it's eternal. Thankfully, we will come and go, but his word will stand forever. Bless the Lord. Well, of course, it's not just uh, it perpetual, it's providing for us, it's feeding us. Um, Deuteronomy 8, 1 to 3. Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today, so that you may live and increase and possess the land that the Lord promised on all three forefathers. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known, to teach you that the man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. It is food for us. Our growth is determined by how well, we understand that by how much we eat. <coughs> uh, we are children, all our children, if they didn't eat, if they lost their appetite, we take them straight to the doctor. Something wrong with him, he's not eating. And uh, if he's not eating, he's not growing. And, uh, you know, it's first, first the natural, then the spiritual. We understand that. We've got to eat. We, uh, and, and the more we eat, the more we grow. And the more we develop, it's, it's conditional to our, we digest it, how we begin to let it feed into every warp and woof of our, our, our lives. What did we just read? Newborn babies crave, like newborn craves spiritual milk. Dear me, didn't they? And it didn't matter, it didn't care, they didn't care if it was two in the morning. If they were hungry, 
they were going to get fed, wouldn't they? And uh, I just said, Jack, hurry up. They're keeping me awake, yeah? I was working, man, so. Um, but it, it, just longing, and that, that appetite, insatiable, N nothing would divert it. it was, it, it's all focus, isn't it? And so often we can get so easily diverted and use God's word and pick it up and, and put it down like it, 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 we bread of life. He said, I am the bread of life. Attitude, the appetite towards God. It is food. It, it feeds into our hearts. It is, of course, not just uh, perpetual, not provision. It is absolutely, awesomely powerful. Jeremiah 23. I've heard what the prophets say, who prophesy in my name. They shall have a... They say I had a dream. I had a dream. How long will this continue in the hearts of these lying prophets who prophesy the delusions of their own minds? They think the dreams they tell one another will make my people forget my name, just as the ancestors forget my name through bar worship. Let the prophet who has a dream recount the dream, but let the one who has my words speak it faithfully. For what has straw to do with grain, declares the Lord. It is not my word, is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. Powerful. It is like fire. It is like a hammer. Of course, fire, we know, we looked at that not so long when we looked at Jeremiah, we looked at the word of the Lord in his heart, so it was on his lips. It was on. Fire devours, clears, purifies, comforts, warms, lights, revelation. Hammer, well, of course, there are different types of hammer, depending on what we need. Uh, God will use a hammer. Sometimes, for most of us, he's got to use a sledge, because we can be a bit, uh, we can be a bit top. Um, and he got to use. But sometimes he's just got to use. Those, you've seen those little jewelry, jewelry hammers where he just needs to shave it off a little bit, and uh, whatever we need, it is a hammer. God's word is powerful, awesome, and it is. Uh, and he says between stubble rubbish that will won't do anything for you and grain that will feed you and make you flourish. And he said, be careful. And of course, he was talking in that context. There was uh, the false prophets prophesying what they wanted to hear, prophesying out to their own imaginations. And, you know, I, I always want to be told what I want to hear, don't we? Uh, of course we do. You know, you want to be told, but that's not what God's word is. It is powerful. It is a sword. Um, Hebrews 4, 12, 13. For the word of God is quick and powerful yeah. and sharper than any two-edged sword, mm. piercing even to the dividing ascender of soul mm. and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of, my, of the heart. Yeah. Neither is there any creature that is, that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and unopened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Very interesting that um, Hebrews 4, we looked at the other verses just before that, not long ago, did we? Hardness of heart. Talking about not, not listening, not wanting to listen to what God's word, and we harden our heart, but it's allowing God's word because that word can be like a sword, it cuts down. It cuts down through our soul and spirit. Now, of course, that means our soul life is what we want to do. Is, is our old thinking, our spirit life is what the Holy Spirit is trying to direct us and show. And we need not just the Holy Spirit, we need God's Word because God's Word doesn't just do that, it, it cuts down through our intents, 
our feelings, our passions, and what we think is right. And of course, that's what we need. We need God's word. We need something so sharp that it cuts right through that. Something that's quick and active and alive. Um, it was uh, two young lads who had just gone to university and uh, uh, they, they bunked up together, as they do in uh, some places. They share a room. One was a Christian, one was a Muslim. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got um, quite, quite friendly. And they, said, and they said, well, I don't know much about Christianity. I don't know much. He said, why don't we once a week he said, you read from the Bible, and the next week, you read from Quran. And we'll say, oh, that's such a good idea. Mm-hmm. So they began to read, and, and uh, the, the Muslim, when he began to hear the gospel, he got saved. Mm-hmm. got saved. Mm-hmm. And uh, after a couple of terms, and um, uh, just before the end of the term, he ran in the room one day. He said, I can't believe you, he said. <coughs> you, it was unfair. It was unfair, he said. It was an unfair contest. He said, because he just read Hebrews. The word of God is alive, he said. It's alive and active. He said it wasn't fair, he said. The Quran is just an ordinary book, he said. But your word is alive. And uh, spoke into his life. And it is alive. Um, although, remember, people, some have, have, have gone through it. And because they've hardened their heart, it has not affected them. But really, if you come to the word of God and allow and say, Lord, you know, with an open mind, open heart, it will bring the word of God and bring the word of life um, so it is the sword Ephesians 6 17 and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God it is the word of God that's why we need it so it's powerful in, 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 in judging ourselves and in attacking the work of the enemy um, the Lord is our great example isn't it when he, the, the enemy came to him he could have said be gone but he said, it is written. Yeah. He's, he's our example, isn't he? Every time they came to him, Lord, what do you think about this? What do you think about the resurrection? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? What does the word say? Get out of my house. This is a house of praying. Takes the Old Testament scriptures. You made a den of robbers. Get out. And when they try to trip him up, every time, what does the word say? Go back to God's word. So he is our great example. Great example. Um, power of his word. It is life. It is life itself. Uh, John 6. The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus has known from the beginning which of them did not believe and would portray him. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave, dear. So you do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. 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 God's word is life. Life to us and life to those around. It is the word of God and life. So it's not just uh, power, provision, perpetual, purity. Brings purity. Some, you know, sometimes we, we, we picked up God's word, didn't we? And we read it, probably not understand it sometimes. We've gone away and we thought, depends how good our memories these days, what if I just read? Didn't <laughs> we? But you know what? Ne- ne- don't don't beat yourself down because you've you've been in God's word, you've God, read it, you and you know what? God's word is a purifier. Mm-hmm. Um, as I, I said the other day, now Gypsy Smith, a man came to him and said, "Look, I've 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 been through this word, 
number of times and it hasn't moved me. Gypsy Smith said, let it go through you once. Mm. Come back and tell me what it's done. I've been through this. He said, let this go through you. And uh, see, once the word of God is, has a purifying effect all the time as we, we're into God's word. Um, Psalm 119, 9-11. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against it. God's word. God's word. Good advice for young men. Good advice for old men. Good advice for young women. Good advice for older women. Good advice, isn't it? Good advice. Get God's word in you. Store it up. Store it up. See, um, when we have uh, God's word in our hearts, the Holy Spirit can use those and remind us. Sometimes he reminds us of things we don't want to be reminded of. When we're mourning and groaning, he reminds that as our verse, give thanks in all circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, and we don't like that one, do we? Especially when we are ready to have a morning grown. But that's the only takes God's word that we stored in our hearts and He uses it to change us. Uh, John 17, Jesus' prayer. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them unto the world. Word is truth. Sanctify. It cleans. It separates. It takes all those things that shouldn't be there away. Uh, Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without sin or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. See, God wants us to be absolutely whole, um, with no wrinkles, no faults or failings, and the only way you can do that is by being in him, under his blood, but also allowing his word to refine us and change us and purify, washing, washing us through the word. Um, so we have God's word. And not, not just that, he brings his word, brings purpose. We read these two verses last week, but they're still as good as ever. Psalm 119, 105 and 130. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Great. See, it, it opens the way. It cuts through our lives. And it, thankfully, it gives wisdom to the simple. Understanding simple. See, Christianity is not about intelligence. Wisdom is not about intelligence, is it? Um, because some of the most intelligent people are the most uh, unwise sometimes. But wisdom, God gives us wisdom. He gives us purpose, direction. His word points us in the right direction. Uh, you know, some, sometimes we get, we get caught up in all oh, about this and that. Look, do what he's asked us to do first and foremost. What's the will of God, he said? Give thanks. Praise him. Spend time in relate to him, be in relation to him. And look, all those other things. If, if, he, if, he, if he desires to put us there or do this or do that, he can do it. If he doesn't, well, Lord, you'd be praised anyway. Because that's the will of God. Praise Him in all circumstances, Thessalonians says. Uh, worship Him, pray continually. Amen. So that's God's purpose in our lives.
God's purpose in life. Again, we read this last week, Colossians 3. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful that the word of Christ dwell in you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, as you sing psalms, hymns, um, and spiritual songs of gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through you. Let the word of Christ dwell, abide, take up residence in your in your in your in your life. Pop no richly, abundantly, let it flow over you, flood your life. Isn't it amazing? We've got no excuse today. We can we can we can put it on our you know our phones, we can listen to it, we can hear it, it's read by goodness knows who, by all these people, and we can read it in, in different varieties. We can let it flood over our lives and it will dwell in us richly. It will change us to be more like him. Um, uh, we're not going to go into the ways we study, but it's good to study God's word. Good to get into God's word, you know. Sometimes we think, oh, no, no, no. Every one of us can study. Every one of us can pick up the word, pick up, pick up a character in the Bible and, and, and follow his, his life through. It's good to do that. Or pick up a book and, and look at what the book is, who it's to, who it's from, what it's addressing. You know, we... we Pick up those things, looking at, at character studies, words that we, you know, words sin or redemption, all those things. We can do that. Um, uh, so that's why sometimes it's good to prepare to, 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 to preach because you've got to study then um, or, or, or take a class or, or to, to bring a word someplace because you, otherwise we tend to be, most of us, lazy. And we, 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 we tend to, we read the word, but we won't actually get stuck into it. And we need to get stuck into it. Um, of course, we, 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 ask, we read our last verse and we'll come to that now. Uh, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17. But as for you, continue what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God's word is inspired, breathed out, it's inerrant, without fault, and of course it is profitable, useful, half a dog for teaching us, reproving us, saying, Dave, get back in the line, uh, correcting, that means to set back in the right direction, or to set up right, it was upside down. For instruction, that word means to train a child. And we see you train, train a child differently according to their age, don't you? With a, with a toddler, you, you, you know, speaking to them, communicating with them is difficult. That's why, you know, sometimes a little tap, because they can understand. Now, as they grow up, you can communicate with them, hopefully, um, until they get to their teenage years and where you, you like talking to that wall, isn't it? And then you, you're really tested and tempted to really grab all of them and give them an arm ring, which you can't do. Um, but give them a shake, isn't it? Um, and, uh, so, but it develops. Teaching, the instruction of a child, it's God's word. So the result of what? Get God's word. It, the result is maturity, sufficiency, equipping, completely finished, fitted out, put into the appropriate position, set up for every good work. That's what God has said. Relationship to Him so we can relate to others and serve others from what? From relating to Him 
Holy Spirit, prayer, spending time with Him, spending time with God's Word. God's Word always gives us direction, always speaking to us if we get into His Word. And of course, when we begin to study, that's why so often we put different people on on a Thursday, great men and women of God or men of God generally, um, uh, to, to speak into our lives. Great, you know, who've taught and uh, people like Wilkerson, Chuck uh, Missler and uh, uh, Ravi Zacharias, Porson and all those guys that mm. preach and mm. teach us and open the word up to us. Now, when it comes to um, reading God's word, so uh, different translations, of course, um, and, and some over the years have said you can only read this particular translation. Um, King James has been used mightily, fantastic mm. translation. But is that the only one? Of course not. That doesn't make any sense, does it? Um, because obviously that, that language today is not our language of today, of then is not today. So, for example, if you read 1 Corinthians 13, charity suffers long. Well, wait a minute now, what does that mean? Now, we, we don't use that word, we use love now. And I always remember uh, Geraldine saying when she first read um, Suffer the Little Children, she said, what is that? Suffer the little children? Jesus wouldn't do that. Suffer? Well, of course, again, our language has changed. Now, as for a, for a good translation, nothing wrong with it. So the, I, I knew, knew, King, knew King James, very good, very good uh, translation. Um, NIV, I, I enjoyed reading NIV. Good to read, easy to read, but not a great translation. Not a great translation. But a good, as long as you know that, um, as long as you know the difference between a good translation and, and a paraphrase, like the Living Bible or... Um, those, those kind of Bibles where they put it into their words. Mm. Now, that's okay as long as you know that, because it's nice to read sometimes that, because it, it's got a flow about it. Uh, but, be careful, it's not always a good translation. Mm. So you can lose something. I, I think, um, uh, who was reading the New Century Version? I don't think like that one, because uh, someone was reading the other day here, and I think, what, don't they? They, it, it loses so much of, of, of the, the depth sometimes. And that's what happens, you see, with paraphrasing. It, it, it tries, for example, there's one we used to use it in the Methodist Good News Bible. Again, simple to read, but it's, it was for kids. So you lose a lot. I don't think, if I can remember rightly, there's no, they don't put blood in there. Don't quote me on that, but I think they take the word blood. So again, we, we, we've got to be careful. We don't minimize and, and belittle God's word. Um, but good, one of the best, if you want a literal translation, not particularly easy to read, is the New American Standard Bible. Mm-hmm. One of, they reckon one of the closest to the, the original translations. Um, of course, because obviously they, they take the, the, when King James, although King James is a translation of, of another Bible, not necessarily a pure translation. You see, obviously new they've got new manuscripts they found since the 16th century, of course, and new things they looked at, the Dead Sea Scrolls, only 1947 they came out. So, be careful, but as long as you know what you're reading, you can say, well, wait a minute, let's, and you read something, well, that didn't didn't sound right, or flow right, go back to a good translation. Now, the Living Bible, our our mom used to love that, because it's it's a it's, it's easy to read and, and, and it flows with thought and different amplified Bible courses more more good translation mm. so don't be afraid to um, read different translations but be careful yeah. be very careful when you say oh this is what the words are well, wait a minute where is it coming from yeah. where is it coming from yeah. um, like I said you can't go wrong with the new King, Jam- King James mm. can't go wrong there if you want a new American standard not too bad you know good translation 
not so easy to read. Um, Living Bible is good if you want to just sit down and just read. Mm. Yeah. What is me sometimes if people say they don't have time to read? Well, Amy Carmichael. Half an hour a day you can read through the Old Testament. Well, Amy Carmichael said this. A year and through the New Testament, three times a year, half four, an hour a day. Four, four chapters a day we're reading the year. Amy Carmichael, wonderful woman of God, said, Beware of saying, I have not time to read my Bible, mm. but rather say, mm. I think Amy Carmichael, I, I, I wish, shouldn't you? Um, rather say, I have not bothered to discipline myself to do those things. Yep. <laughs> straight old, straight old Irish girl. <laughs> Don't bother, I've got time. I can't be bothered. Amen. God's word is wonderful, isn't it? And if we can get God's word into our hearts and then into people's lives, and uh, we can change our lives and change those around us. And uh, that's why we, we, we give to those people who get the word out, Bible Network, and into those translations of Wycliffe and Gideon's get the word out into those places. Um, wonderful. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. To find out more about our church, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.